Welcome to Success Is Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Portman, serial entrepreneur, author, and podcast host. Whether success for you is more money, time with your family, a healthy, well-balanced life, or freedom, I'm interviewing guests and getting you the advice to make it happen. So join me as we uncomplicate the complicated, help you define success, and give you the strategies to make it happen. Hi, and thank you for joining us today on the Successes Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Portman. Joining me today is former hedge fund manager, radio show host, speaker, investor, entrepreneur, and author, Catherine Bell. Thank you for joining us today, Catherine. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Super excited to have you. Um, so I want to start off with uh, the question we ask everyone on the podcast as our, is it our theme. Um, what does success mean to you? First of all, I love what your podcast is about. <laughs> this is one of my favorite conversations and subjects. Um, and I'm always in this inquiry. So I love this. Uh, what does success mean to me? Success is doing what I want, when I want, with whom I want. And in that, making a profound difference in the world and to the people in my life that I can I can touch, be it virtually or, you know, whatever, because um, what we were, what I was sharing with you earlier is like, I believe, so I, I speak in numbers. That's my thing. I don't, my brain doesn't think in words. It thinks in numbers. And, um, you know, I'm known for collapsing timelines and adding commas to bank accounts. And why I do that is because again, to me, money is like oxygen, Right. The more you have, the easier it is to breathe. And the more you have, the easier it is to breathe, the bigger the difference you can make in the world. And the reason that matters so much to me is um, growing up, uh, my birth mother was 14 years old when she got pregnant with me. And um, so being born to essentially a child, a teenager, right? Um, grew up extremely poor. I was in and out of more homes than I can actually count. Um, just, it was horrible. And she did the best she could, again, the, under the circumstances. But I was, a, I have several brothers and sisters, but I, and I was raising them even as a child, started working when I was 13 years old because we needed to eat. And there were many, many days where we went with no food, you know, didn't even know where we would stay. And um, I was eventually adopted. They were all, you know, adopted out. I was adopted when I was 16. And so having that struggle our whole lives of just the basics, that is no fun. Like talk about not being able to breathe. Mm. Right. And so I'm clear, I'm absolutely driven by that. And so going on, um, I looked around and was really clear there had to be a better life than this. Right. Just because I was born into this doesn't mean that I have to be stuck in this, especially in this world today. And so um, I actually was born in northern Canada and um, eventually ended up meeting um, my um, late husband in my 20s, who was American. And we came to the U.S. because, again, having a socialist country, 
I was, you know, in my 20s paying 54% taxes. People love Canada because of the free tax care. It's not really free when you're paying 54% taxes versus coming to the US and like maybe paying 20%, right? So it was like, it was clear to me just doing the numbers because I think about numbers. Do the numbers, numbers tell you what to do. <laughs> and so he had a dream. And we turned his dream into a multi-million dollar company and later sold it. And inside of that, um, one of the things I was really clear about is um, obviously I wanted to be a mom and we ended up adopting our twins as four months old out of the foster care system. And so my whole drive to being successful is to make that difference. And so out of making that difference, we ended up creating a nonprofit and the nonprofit is Bell Community Empowerment Foundation. And we uh, focus on that. There's over 500,000 children in the U.S. foster care system. 350,000 are available for adoption and it costs less than a thousand dollars to adopt hmm. out of the foster care system. Just like I was adopted, just like I adopted my babies. And, um, so that's the difference that, you know, we're here to make and, um, fast forward my, um, after we sold our company, everything, my husband had actually ended up getting really, really sick. And I ended up having to go back to work. So I went from being a stay at home mom and running the companies part-time to now having to be full-time providing for our family while taking care of my sick husband. And, um, again, money is like oxygen. The more you have, the easier it is to breathe, right? So, and when we do that, you know, obviously we set ourselves up to be able to make the difference that we're here to make, spend the time with the people that we want to spend time with, go do the things we want to do, right? And have our body obviously be healthy. That's the other part is your health. If your health, you don't have your health, you have got nothing, right? So um, we ended up, California, Washington, Arizona, and uh, landed in Arizona. And when I was here, I thought, well, if I'm going to do this, provide for my family, I'm really going to do it. So got back into real estate investing and we were buy and hold investors up till that point. Ended up doing a bunch of fix and flips. We did about 500 of them with other investors because I believe that there is more than enough out there to share with everybody. So one of the things I love, love, love to do is teach other people how to create passive streams of income. Because again, you know, and I teach this, I teach this that the um, the financial literacy courses and all that we do that uh, earned income is meant to buy assets that provide passive streams of income. Those passive streams of income then go on to pay for your lifestyle and, of course, buy more assets. So the question I ask everybody is, how many streams of income do you have, passive streams, and how many do you want? And so then I ask, how many passive streams of income does the average millionaire have? Do you know? Is it six or seven, I think? Seven, yes. Oh, okay. So it's seven streams of passive income. And I teach them how I did that and then how they can do that, right? And so when you start getting really clear about that, you can actually tell your money what to do, 
behind. Imagine that if you could tell your money that you wanted to go out there and bring back lots of friends, go out there, lots of friends, right? My money has lots of friends and it keeps bringing back more friends. And by doing that, um, I set myself up that um, back in 2018, uh, my husband died unexpectedly. And it was only because I had set up 13 streams of passive income that my kids and I were okay. Mm -hmm. It allowed for us to take a year off and just grieve and to just do the healing work necessary because it was, that was horrible. I mean, our life felt like it was obliterated. And so then I had to regroup and through the regrouping, um, got really clear, you know, what it is that I really wanted to do. So I ended up shutting down the companies that we had. Again, that was like the hedge fund, the fix and flips, you know, all of that, that we had done a whole bunch of Airbnb portfolios. So just to be clear inside of this, the success, what does success mean to you is I feel, so here's what I believe. I believe that when people give themselves permission to explore what's important to them and what their genius is, that makes all the difference in the world. Like I tell my teens, listen, if it's your genius, it's your job. If it's not your genius, it's not your job, right? And so for me, I didn't like tenants and toilets. I didn't like guests and toilets. Fix and flip was fun, but it only works in particular markets when the numbers work. So again, do the numbers, numbers tell you what to do. And at the end of the day, um, I got myself, I had a men, I've had mentors throughout the last 30 years. And one of my mentors uh, asked me the question decades ago. He said, he asked the question, in any real estate investing transaction, you can play multiple parts. You can be the buyer, the seller, the realtor, contractor, subcontractor, bank, lend, um, the title company. Like there's all these roles you can play, right? And he said, out of all those roles, which one is the most secure? So I was like, I don't know, which one is the most secure? The answer is the bank. Sure. I was like, the bank? Well, how do you be the bank? And so I went on this journey of figuring out through this whole journey of doing all these different deals that what I liked about it, what I didn't like about it, what my genius was, what it wasn't, and then structured my life around exactly what I'm good at and what I love to do, which is being the bank, (laughs) (laughs) sending my money out there and having it come back with lots of friends. And now teaching other investors how they can be the bank. So our company allows for uh, investors to come in and partner with us on deals where their money is actually being the bank going out there and coming back with lots of friends. So having people understand that. And the other piece is, is having them understand how to set up their retirement account so that they are in full control of it. So I wrote a book on it, um, how to use your self-directed IRA to be able to actually invest rather than giving it to some other broker or retirement company. Listen, nobody's going to care more about your money than you. You think that they care about your money? I don't think so. Like, here's the, here's the thing that I've been witnessing over the last two years is that these hedge funds and these companies have people's retirement accounts and are supposed to take their money and invest it and give back money. Right. Well, here's what I'm watching. 
So through the whole COVID thing, it's been fascinating because inside of a shortage of toilet paper, there's been a shortage of shelves going public and um, notes and things like that. So when there's a shortage, obviously it drives up the prices, right? Mm -hmm. So what I've been witnessing and we've been watching on the market, which, you know, the regular public doesn't have the opportunity to see is these companies who have people's retirement accounts are literally buying up these non-performing notes, meaning bad mortgages for 125 cents on the dollar. They're literally losing 25% of people's retirement accounts straight out of the gate. Now, the question I ask is, people say, is that legal? Yes, it's legal because here's how these companies have set it up. These companies get bonus based on the number of transactions they do, not the profitability. Hmm. So whether they're losing you money or not, they don't care because at least they bought, say, a thousand of these notes. But even if they're bad notes, who cares? They still get bonused on a thousand notes. Does that seem right? No. 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 So this is why I talk about they don't care. Nobody will care more about your money than you. So they're literally losing people's retirement accounts and getting bonused on it. So when people get responsible, and my book shows you how to do this, take your retirement account, put it into a self-directed IRA. Now you are 100% in control of where that money actually goes out and has the opportunity to come bring back friends. So like people have got to wake up and realize all their hard-earned dollars can actually be, you know, earning them income versus turning it over to somebody else and having that money disappear with no accountability. That drives me crazy. So that's a whole other rant. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of that comes from people assuming that there's an expert out there that knows better than they do. Right. Right. And they, they, you go through life and early on, you, you think the the government, the police, lawyers, judges, investors, they all know better than you. And so I'm going to trust that person with my money, my finances, all that stuff. And I don't want to get involved. I'm I'm sure they know better, right? And I think that's where a lot of these people are coming from. And, and they just don't know any better, right? Yeah. Yes. And I mean, here's the thing we, we joke about is a broker. You know why they're called a broker? Because <laughs> they're broke. Here's the deal. They don't have the money. They're not investing in what they're telling you to invest in because they have self-interest in it. Like wake up and realize all the information is out there. Listen, if I can go from growing up in and out of so many homes, like my probable predictable future of my life is not where I'm at today. The probable predictable future is I probably should have ended up in some trailer up in Northern Canada with who knows how many kids, how many men, like seriously, like that was the probable predictable future of my life. But I like looked up and looked around and went, there's gotta be something better than this. And I literally like figured it out and got myself mentors. You know, they say you are like the five people you spend the most time with. And I chose to be around people that were more successful than me. And I did that through reading. So it wasn't necessarily that we think being around like the physical one-on-one, which is awesome. And if you don't have that opportunity, oh my goodness, 
I mean, on our phones, we've got Audible, we've got Kindle, we've got, there is zero excuse why you can't be spending time with other very successful people. And so I just studied other millionaires, billionaires, things like that. I became a millionaire by the time I was 30, right? I'm on track to be Arizona's first self-made female billionaire. Again, why? Because money is like oxygen. The more you have, the easier to breathe. And the more you have and easier you can breathe, the bigger the difference you can make, right? So through, I mean, my whole motivation, one is to get these 350,000 children adopted. I believe we can do this within my lifetime because what we're doing is we're partnering with churches, congregations. There's more than 350,000 congregations in this country. So if each congregation took on finding one family to adopt one kid, we could get this done in my lifetime, Wow! right? And if we look at the numbers, so I'm going to have some fun with numbers here, okay? <laughs> like, this is what drives me. You want to ask what success was to me? This is it. So the U.S. foster care system, in order to take care of these 350,000 adoptable children and keep them in foster care, it literally cost taxpayers billions of dollars to do this. Now, what if that now tax burden was lifted off of that billions? But here's the bigger thing. These children, if they age out of the foster care system, they're sent out, they have nothing. Statistically, they end up um, drugs, prostitution, and incarcerated, which again, billions of dollars on the taxpayer to now have to deal with that on the back end, right? So now, now billions of dollars of not having to have these kids in in foster care is now taking care of billions of dollars on the back end because now these families have come alongside of these kids and set them up to be able to go into the world being productive, responsible, contributing members to society, right? Which is inherently what I believe everybody wants to anyway. And so from that, what if, what if 1% of those kids God is inspired as I and so many others got inspired by being adopted and went out into the world and made a difference. That would be 3,500 kids Hmm. that gets inspired and goes out and decides to make a difference in the world. Like what if that happens? And we can do that through, obviously through financial literacy. So again, it goes back to the numbers. Money is like oxygen, more you have, easier it is to breathe, the more you have, the bigger the difference you can make. So you are a passionate, driven individual, and you can can tell that in everything you do. And part of that comes across because you have a bigger purpose, right? You identified that you have a bigger purpose. Uh, I believe we all do. How did you figure out what that bigger purpose was and how could others figure it out? And would you say that's a big contributor to to the success that you've had in life, that you have that constant bigger purpose driving you forward. Yes, absolutely. So again, I read an obscene amount of books and I study other successful millionaires and billionaires. And so a couple things, success leaves clues. We've heard that over and over again, right? Every successful millionaire and billionaire, one reads every single day, like good books that feed their mind. So Write that down if you're listening right now. You can't stress the importance of that enough. Every successful person reads every day. It's a habit. You get up, you brush your teeth, you eat, you go to sleep at night, you read. Every day you read. That's it. And here's the deal. Like it's 
like no extra time. Like I do it. I literally, I'm, I, I learn auditorially because, um, well, here's another thing, right? Success. Like what is success to me? It's like, because I was in and out of so many homes, I went to 13 different schools as a kid. Wow. I didn't actually learn to read till I was in the eighth grade. Oh my God. But I got straight A's because I learned to listen and I learned that they simply just wanted me to get the answer right. So I figured out what the answer was and what they wanted to hear and I gave it to them. I mean, seriously, that's public school. That's a whole other rant I can go on. Anyway, so to, to this day, I struggle with reading comprehension. So how do I do that? I read several books a month. How do I do that? I do it through the, the Audible app and I should probably get paid. I promote that all the time. Sure. That's <laughs> so great I will be getting ready in the morning, brushing my teeth, getting ready, doing my hair while I'm listening to a book. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. it is my, it's, it's like, it's like every part of me like craves listening to that. Like I'm excited to get up or when I'm working out or when I'm swimming or whatever, like I will have audiobooks on all of the time, except when I'm working because I got to focus, but like any extra time cooking, anything like I always have it on. So, and I'm always really, really curious about how, like, that's the other part. Really successful people are very, very curious and they lean in. Like they want to know and they want to grow and they want to become the best version of themselves. And I was actually just reading. So here's a really good book. Who Not How. I'm reading this right now. And they said something in here so profound. Okay, ready? So they said the definition of hell is at the end of your life, your current self meeting your potential self of who you could have become, but didn't. Hmm. Like to me, I was like, oh man. <laughs> like that is like, yes, that is hell to me. Cause we have so much potential and we have this, like we can grow, we can make a difference. So reading is a critical piece of, and inside of the reading, um, I, so a couple of books that I love, love, love that helped me get really, really clear on what my purpose was and why I believe I'm on this planet and why I drive so hard to create what I create to make the difference I'm here to make is, um, one of my favorite books is the science of getting rich. And so here's the homework. So if you're write this down, I'm telling you Every millionaire and billionaire I know has done this. If you're reading, if you're listening to this, so they, you read the science of getting rich and it's a teeny tiny little book. And then every day for 90 days, you read chapters four, seven, 11, and 14 for 90 days straight. And if you miss the day, you start all over from the beginning again. I promise you at the end of that 90 days, your molecules are going to be rearranged. You are going to start thinking differently and your world is going to start occurring differently. And all these opportunities are going to start flowing to you should you decide to actually do the work. The other thing is um, the other book that, again, in all the studying I've done, every successful millionaire and billionaire and I know once a year, they go through and they do all the exercises in the book, uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. 
there's this whole series of steps they go through. And so we, as a family, we do it um, January 1st and we create our dream boards January 1st, we write out our goals. We do like the whole thing. And so how our family does it is we write out our goals and then we put them into statements. Like I am so happy and grateful that da, 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 has happened by this date. And by doing that, then we create our dream board to have pictures and collages and everything that represent that. We put it in a giant frame, like we've got it outside. It's like, it's, I wanna say the frame is like three feet by four feet. And so the whole collage is just a whole mishmash of words and pictures and everything that represent what I'm out to create in the next, you know, one to five years. Then from there, I take everything, the statement that we wrote out and we actually record it on our phones and our voice. Then what we do every single night before we go to sleep, we listen to it. Now, here's why. Because our unconscious mind believes us. Yep. It believes us. It doesn't believe somebody else. And I get people like, I don't like the sound of my voice. I don't care. Your unconscious mind does like the sound of your voice and it believes you. And here's like this story. This is what solidified it for me. So one of my friends who was a billionaire, Bill Bartman, he was in the middle of um, uh, purchasing the Chicago Bulls. And when he was there, he would spend a lot of time with the players. And there's this one particular player that every before every single practice and every single game he had at the time, it was his iPod and he would be listening to it in his ear and he'd be sitting on the bench and just like sitting there, like listening with his eyes closed and like, you know, with his head sort of down or looking at the ground. And finally, Bill went over to him and was like, what are you listening to? And he's like, ah, the red hot chili peppers. And Bill's like, mm. and he kept asking him like again and again, and what are you listening to? So finally he told him, he wrote out all his goals. He spoke his goals and recorded them in his voice. Yeah. And he listened to them before every single game. You might know him. It's Michael Jordan. Wow. That's that was him. Yeah. Right. And what happened? So again, Success leaves clues. These are things, I don't care where you're at in life, what Mm -hmm. socioeconomic, what religion, background, I don't care. Like you, anybody can do that. Yeah. Write out your goals, get very, very clear, record yourself and listen to them every single day. Because what happens is now your reticular activation system is now able to actually see when all these creative ways for opportunities are coming true. So after my husband died, um, I had to figure out what we were going to do. I mean, clearly my life was shattered and did not look the way I thought it was going to do. I mean, we were married for almost 20 years. I read this amazing book called the richest man in Babylon. Love that book. And in that book, I got something so profound that I still have it today. Um, on my bathroom mirror, what years and years and years ago, I took a dry erase marker green. It's my favorite color. And I actually wrote on my mirror and I got this out of the book. God and the universe are conspiring to have all of my heart's deepest desires come true. So every morning as I'm listening to my books and I'm getting ready and I'm looking through that on my mirror, that is what 
my conscious and unconscious mind are seeing. So guess what shows up every day in my life? Oh yeah, absolutely. God yeah. and the universe are conspiring to have all of my heart's deepest desires come true. And here's what's hilarious. So I fast forward, I ended up meeting this incredible man. I'm now engaged. His name's Steve. So he sees this on my mirror. He took my green Sharpie and he inserted his name. So now <laughs> it reads God, the universe, and Steve are conspiring to have all my heart's deepest That's desires awesome. come true. Right? Yeah. Like I literally manifested this man who is now like yeah. manifesting my dreams. Like, and we can have that should we choose to do that? And the question is, you know, I always ask myself, am I being the caliber of person that I need to be to attract into my life and have the life that I've dreamed up? So mm -hmm. it requires me to grow. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it's not me sitting back waiting for, you know, it to be done to me. That's not it. It's me no. leaning in going, okay, what do I need to learn? Who do I need to bring into my life? Like, how can I grow to get to the next level? Because, and I'm sure you know this, right? Like what it took for you to get where you're at is not sufficient for you to go to the next level. Well, yeah. And more important than that, so I, I'd broken my leg and, you know, I, I looked at my leg over time shrinking in size, right? The muscle is right? just depleting from not using it right? Well, it's the same thing with your brain. And the importance that you started with, with the reading every day and challenging yourself is not only is it important for staying with what's relevant today, because times change, uh, technology changes and all that, but more important, it trains your brain to be curious, to be constantly thinking and to grow. And that's yes. a really com uh, a component that people don't realize is if you don't use it, you do lose it. You do. Yes. 100%. Yes. I, yes. I love what you're talking about with the um with the 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 subconscious part of it. I was watching some they were interviewing uh somebody that worked for George Lucas on the uh on on his uh, uh, special effects team. And yeah. the guy would say I, George would come to us and say, "Hey, this is what needs to get done." And he would say, "I'd tell him that's absolutely impossible. There's no way that could get done." And he said he would always end with this one thing. It was like well, why don't you think on it? Right. And then he'd walk away. And he said, I'm telling you, 10 minutes later, we'd have it figured out and solved. He goes somewhere back in there, that brain was working on it still, because he left that trigger word. Well, why don't you think on it? You know, and then yep. walked away and he goes, your brain just keeps thinking about it until it solves that problem. Right? Yes. And what you're putting in there, what you're inputting in there is so important, because it's always working. And if you're putting yes. negative thoughts in there, like I can't do this, or you're putting thoughts like, I'm going to figure this out. I just need to think on it. Um, yes. There's such a difference, such a complete yes. difference. And um, absolutely. So I, those are two things that you said that really hit home with me. Yeah. You know, you and I had talked about paraliminals, right? Paraliminals. Um, I use those. You can learn it, get them through learning strategies or whatever. And again, it's a way to shortcut and rewire your brain. You know, and even like I'm, I'm always been fascinated with the brain and how it works. And, you know, my whole thing was if human beings use less than 10% of your other brain, how do we access that other 90%? So I've been on this like journey of figuring that out. And so like reading paraliminals, um, obviously meditation, you know, 
getting changing your your brainwave state. Um, there's a technology uh, after after Christopher had died. Um, the trauma from it, because it was very traumatic how the whole thing happened. What happens is your brain, especially if you've had extreme stress, your brain being like a muscle, it'll actually freeze up and not allow the neuron pathways to grow the way they need to grow. So it'll prevent you from thinking in a healthy way. So I found this technology called Saraset. It's mm. C-E-R- SET, like cerebral reset. Anyway, the whole purpose is that what it does is it hooks up to your brain and you basically go in and take like a nap and it, um, it, it rewires your brain to loosen up any parts of your brain that have had this trauma happen to it, be it through PTSD or emotional trauma, physical trauma, whatever it is. And it loosens it up. So now it's all spongy again and the neuron pathways can be free flowing. And now you have access to your brain that you may not have due to trauma or stress or whatever. And so we, again, doing that on a regular basis of giving my brain the opportunity to like relax and go, okay, this is what, you know, so that it can actually be working properly again. So it's that, it's that whole piece of making sure that every area of my life is being taken care of. So we talk about mental, like, where am I growing mentally, right? Um, and taking care of my brain, like through doing the Sarah set or, you know, whatever, um, mental, emotional, how are my relationships starting with myself? Do I love myself? Am I kind to myself? Do I celebrate myself? And then all the people around me, right? And then, uh, so mental, emotional, physical, I mean, am I taking care of myself physically? Do I feel full of vitality and is my body doing what I want it to do? Am I being in my body, experiencing what I want to experience, having the freedom, you know, whatever that looks like, uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, that's pretty clear. Again, how many streams of income? So your earned income needs to be buying assets to pay, to provide passive income that pays for your lifestyle. You know, and I was just talking to my parents, uh, my adopted parents last night. And they were listening to my radio show and um, this past week, and we were talking about exactly that, that when we, uh, you know, and this again, so this is another like what billionaires do. And I have several friends who are billionaires and lots of friends who are millionaires. And we've actually talked about this. Here's what we teach our kids is that for every dollar you earn 10% right off the top goes to whatever charity or church, wherever you want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. You do that. That's huge. Cause we're here to make a difference. The next 20% goes into your investment account. Cause you're always paying yourself first. So it goes into a whole separate investment account so that you can be adding it up, you know, having it accumulate so you can buy those assets that you know, provide the passive income. The third one is your save to spend account, but your save to spend account gets accumulated after you have fully funded your emergency account. So especially today, they say your emergency fund needs to be a minimum of six months of expenses. So you get that fully funded and you put that aside and you don't touch that. You leave that alone. Emergencies are like your vehicle, hot water heater, you know, different things that happen. That's actually emergency. And let me just say this. Christmas is not an emergency. 
It happens every year, yeah. December 25th, and people are surprised, and then they rack up their credit cards. Stop doing that. What if you actually saved up that in that save to spend account and you had that money there for Christmas, birthdays, vacations, whatever? Those things are not emergencies. They happen every year. Put them on your damn calendar and like <laughs> be planning for it. So when you do that, you're literally telling your money where to go. Yep. Now your money knows what to do. Now you're being a good manager of all those little minions so that they can go out there and come back with lots of friends, right? So yeah. by doing that, now we have actually set ourselves up financially to breathe, which leads to the last one, which is spirituality. And I'm not talking about religion. It's not it. I'm talking about where we are connected with whatever you want to call it, God, the universe, like, and being deeply grateful for all that you've been given and all the opportunities that you have available every single day. Cause we all do. I promise you. And if you say you're not, I invite you to consider that you have not done the work to train your brain to be able to see it. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't go do the work. I just gave you like three books. You can go today and start reading. You can go to the library and get those books for free. Yeah, you sure can. Like this doesn't cost anything, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so it's already yes. Time you're using for something else and, and certainly um, you can find a place to, to work that self-education somewhere in your life, whether it's the drive, maybe you cut out a little time on the Netflix or the TV to do it. Maybe it's before bed. Um, I like reading before bed because it helps me go to sleep. And, um, and I think it's fantastic. So Catherine, thank you so much for today. Um, we've learned so much from you. Uh, for the listeners who want to get more from you, I want to find out more. Um, what's, uh, how can they reach you? Where can they find out more about you and what you got going on? I'm all over social media. So you can find me, Catherine Bell. I'm all over. And if they want if they want that free book, listen, I even made my book free for you to be able to learn to build passive streams of income. It's titanimpactgroup.com. There it is. Go get it. Go do the work. You have no excuses. Zero excuse. Impact.com. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you. I appreciate you and what you're doing and teaching people about success.